step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Was it Phoenix that played the Joker? Ladies and gentlemen, would you please rise for the Grouch Anthem? No, no, no. With a Grouch Anthem, you stay sitting down. Down in front there. Now brace yourself, I'm gonna sing. Grouches of the world unite. Stand up for your Grouchly right. So Sunshine spoil your rain. Just stand up and complain. Let this be the grouch's cause. Point out everybody's flaws. Something is wrong with everything. Right with this world? Nothing. You know what really makes me hotter than a collar? You name it. And the next time some goody two-shoes smiles and tells you to have a nice day, you just remember, don't let the sunshine spoil your brain. the best part of this movie, so sit back, relax, and have a rotten time. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, uh, that song was from Follow That Bird, and Follow That Bird, it was uh, played by Carol Finney, who also did Groucho. Oscar the Grouch, okay. Groucho was a Marx brother. Yeah, my bad. I did a bad thing already. <laughs> Are you, you so, telling me, Francie, that you have a you have a problem differentiating Groucho Marx from the Grouch? <laughs> that that <laughs> I I oh, I'm just so bad with names. She thought they were <laughs> one person, Oscar the Groucho Marx. <laughs> Nick said it's Oscar the Groucho Marks. I don't know. He's oh. kind of fitting for the type of year 2019 was, <laughs> you know. It, I exactly. It kind of was and fitting. It, it was because everybody was like 
do I say? They were bitching about everything. Yeah. Oh, well. you you don't say you. You say you. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. what? Oh, so, by the way, because my son had two heart surgeries and everything, and then I had my shoulder surgery, so it was a kind of a, a screwed up, kind of a really weird year for say, us. Eventful, but weird, just off the, you know, like, I damn, we're ready to put get out this there, year. Right, right now, I just want to put out there that I, I am a male, and I identify as a male, and I am a male, what? and uh, I'll probably be shot down for that, because it's illegal. You're sexist! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you bigot. You're like me. I identify as male too. White Anglo Saxon Protestant male, you know? I'm a wasp. <laughs> Even worse. The only males? Way, oh my the god. The only way that it's, I could survive this whole thing is it's the only way that I could survive all all the things that are going on right now is if I claim to be a male who identifies as a female who is a lesbian. And then I might be okay. Hmm. Huh? I'm confused. Please pause. <laughs> That's okay. Half the world is. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you're exactly right. It's kind of like, you know, you can't post something on Facebook anymore. And Facebook was so innocent. And then right before that, you had MySpace, and everything was so innocent. And now, all of a sudden, if you post something on anywhere, you're sexist, you're racist. I I Homophobe. was driving. I, I I drove to Walmart and it was a block away from our house. I had to get some Nexium and I had Rush Limbaugh on the radio. Please don't shoot me cuz people no want to no shoot sense. you if you're listening to Rush Limbaugh <laughs> on the radio now. And I parked in a parking space and I guess this guy heard it. He was white, he was blonde-haired, he had a, a wife-beater tank top on and tattoos, and he was vaping, and he walked right to my car, and he says, you're hella racist. I've never been called well, a racist in my life, and I grew up in South Carolina. <laughs> you know, I and that, I'm uh, here like, why am I racist? I was like, oh, because I'm listening to Rush Limbaugh. Well, I think personally what I feel is that because I'm a white guy, I'm a racist, period. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. You have they're, they're, The only criteria to being a racist is, is that you're white. So you're automatically, this is what you are. Labeled, and that's okay uh, with every other faction. If you're a, if, if if you are a light skinned person, you're automatically labeled racist, and I think that's kind of a form of racism to just kind label of. somebody because of their skin color. That's what racism is all about. Is is it not? Yep. Good judgment. I, I I totally agree with that. Uh, Booby, you're white, so just stop. We got a white bird. You're 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 white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you guys hear? So Booby let's get on with the other things. So let's. 
Let's talk about each of our years in review. Okay. Yeah. Francie, so how was your plan. year in review? Well, you know, everything was going, you know, we we have been dealing with Nick's dad, which we love Art. Mm-hmm. Brett, you've met Art. Such yep. a lovable guy. Mm-hmm. His, um, his dementia got pretty bad, and, you know, we had to send him to the hospital. He passed away in October, late October, and... No, it's we're we're still trying. We we see photos of him and everything, and we love that guy. And uh, then I hurt my back, and the <coughs> night that Nick's dad actually passed away, I was in the emergency room with my back, and it's 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 been a it's been a hard year in for us. And then the. How Sounds about like you, you guys? How are you guys? Well, um, well, <laughs> the year was okay till we found out, you know, like uh, February, March of this past year, that my son had a, a bad valve that he was born with. They just discovered it. He's 34 years old and had to have oh, a wow. valve replacement on it. And uh, when he went in for the surgery, he had a, a gallon of fluid around his heart from a leaky valve. So that's eight pounds of fluid when it's measured out. Oh, wow. That was in July when he had the surgery. And then he had to go back in in August because they, they think the blood thinners he was on uh, dissolved the blood clot that had another liter of fluid around his heart. And they finally got that corrected. And then I had to postpone my shoulder surgery because they thought I had an abnormal heartbeat. But that stemmed back from when I had chemo back in 2007. But it's, you know, they turns out I was cleared and got the surgery done November 21st. So it was kind of that kind of year where I feel like professionally writing wise, I had a lot. I did a lot, you know, and finished a cup a book and had one published with Nick. And but personally, like health wise and stuff, we had our share of scares, you know. So I'm kind of glad to be rid of it and ready to look forward to a better 2020. You know, so that's just me personally. But uh, you know, you just kind of uh, rolled yeah. with the tide. It was just you know, and oh, my father-in-law, uh, somebody was backing up at a Costco and. Bloomfield Hills here in Michigan, and instead of uh, hitting a brake, they hit the accelerator, backed up, and he was sitting near a shopping cart. My wife was went one way and avoided the cart, and the car hit the cart and threw my father-in-law like 20-something feet, and he was having to do with a gouged-out ankle, and, I mean, his skin was torn off from the cart on his thumb, but he didn't bring any broken bones or anything, got thrown a few feet, but somehow... He had a guardian angel, but he was not able to do anything. Still kind of having issues. This is back in May. <laughs> you know, so we had that kind of year where we had some near misses here. I mean, we did lose an uncle and, you know, and uh, my wife lost her aunt. So I was kind of glad to be rid of this year. She was, <laughs> my wife says, I'm getting drunk <laughs> on uh, New Year's Eve because I've had it with this year. So that was the kind of year we had. You know, it's you know, amazing. I wouldn't say amazing, but tragic is in my own world. I lost my mother this year in May, and my grandfather passed away like a week after her. So we had to plan two different funerals, each one attended one week apart from each other. Wow. Damn, my condolences, man. 
Mm-hmm. The three of us, you know, we've been through some shit here <laughs> in 2019. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough year personally for all of us. And you know, yeah, I think uh, on a personal note, the rest of us, have, you know, the three of us that are you know, on the air right now, mm-hmm. and we could we could you know air our grievances and things like that. Um, but I prefer to. How do we come away from this, and how do we have a more positive experience with what we're doing here tonight? You know, you know, um, I think um, that's. Uh, I, I think you always got to keep I, I looking to the future. Okay, that's I just my to thing. My mom. Yeah. I talked to my mom the other night, and I made a confession to her. And Brett, you've known me for several years, and. Tom, you know me for mm-hmm. several years, too, and yeah. I told my mom, I was like, when my dad died, and I couldn't make it to the funeral, I said, I picked up the bottle. I picked it up, and I drank. That's understandable. And one thing that she told me is, that's one thing that my dad, David, would not want me to do. I think what makes you, what builds, that tramples you down, and if you're able to get back up, that's what makes you stronger. Yeah. Of course. I mean, adversity I to, always yeah. brings strength. Adversity yeah, should always agree. bring strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, just and, as a, aside from my family, we always kind of, we drink at everything. I, we're... we're the only difference between our weddings and funerals is a few less drunks, in all honesty. It just kind of, I mean, we, we've toasted at uh, one of my uncles at a funeral. We had beers and we toasted them, and, you know, to them and stuff, and had a toast. On, we're, we're out of sight of everybody, too. And then we'll go hit the bar afterwards and salute their life and remember the funny stories. And I think that's what they'd want us to do is to keep carrying on in our family. Is There's nothing you can do for us now, you know, mourn our death, but go on living, keep doing what you're doing. Because if you don't, we're going to be pissed at you and probably haunt you. And just, you got to keep moving on. That's the way life is, you know. Yeah. This is true. I mean, this is true. And honestly, know. if you think about those those that those that have come before us and those that are suddenly gone now, like my mother's, mm-hmm. my mother's death was extremely sudden. And we had to figure out what the fuck we're going to do in the situation with, you know, her house and her, you know, personal possessions and all these, we had a limited amount of time. We spent a lot of time just, just taking care of that. Didn't have a lot of time to mourn. It was like five years ago when, when, when my brother committed suicide five years ago, he just left us in a state of what the fuck are we going to do with all this shit? Well, my mom put a lot of all of his stuff. We packed up his whole house and everything, and then put it in a storage facility up where my mom lives. And then we had to deal with that all over again five years later, clean that whole thing out. It's it was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It was just like, okay, we we have no choice. We got to do it. I haven't really even had time to mourn uh, any of. Uh, of these situations is uh, 
it's been a rough year. I've been through a lot more than just that, but uh, that's that's a good start right there. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it, man. I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. Yeah, because um, at least it's 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 unfortunate that the show got started on the on the sour note like this, but uh, we can bring it back up. We can talk about a bunch of other things too. Yeah. You know, well, we're still moving on. You figure that's that's how we deal with it. That's how we talk about it. So. I figure as yeah, long yeah. as we're still moving on and looking forward, we're all doing good. I, I mean, every you know, day we just I kind of press on. Every day you get here. better for it. We're, yeah. We're all still here. Every You're day that exactly I get right. up, I say, yeah. every every new day, I get up, I say I'm upright and breathing. I'm upright yeah. and breathing every day. That's my gift every day. I well, get up out of bed, hokey. I stand up. I'm sorry, that's not too hokey, but I thank God for every day. Every day I go, thank you, God, for this day, good, bad, or otherwise. I, you know, give me another day. Yep, exactly. I think we've all. I think the three of us have been through some experiences in 2019 mm-hmm. that has given more value to our appreciation of just being alive. Exactly. So I think that's, you that's gotta love no matter, yeah. you know, you're sitting here, you're sitting in the chair, and you want to cry because you're hurt, and the tears want to flow, and you're holding them back, but you realize that those are feelings. Those are things that well, sure. you have experienced, and you want to cry because you're thinking about it, and you love the moment. Mm. You know, well, that's uh, I just, human condition. Imagine walking yeah. into the house on, and I felt bad because I couldn't attend my dad's funeral. And with Art, which is Nick's dad, I had a hard time talking to my mom about this when, you know, Art passed away. And my mom told me, she's like, I'm so glad you're talking to me about this. I I would walk into the house and he would say, "Hiya, pal. How you doing?" You know, with this little grin on his face, and it's just like I I want to hug you. <laughs> you know, I told my yeah. mom that, and I was like, "That's what I'm I experienced with Nick's dad." And my mom was like, "I'm so happy you told me about this." Those are moments that are precious. Does that make sense? Another thing, yeah, these are things that families try to remember the funny stories, the good stories about them. You know, we try to remember the funny and good stories. Like my uncle that passed away in, let's say, September, October. uh, He took me, me and my cousin and my dad to my first Tiger game, pro pro baseball game, free bat day. I still have the bat from that when I was nine. You know, but um, we remember the good stories and some of those other ones where, well, let's put it this way. My uncle had a, um, let's put it this way. He could have been a chemical weapon. That's how bad his flatulence was. And <laughs> he, he cracked one off at home plate, and I'm in deep right field. And I swear to God, I could smell it out there, and it was a haze over the field after he did it. And they cleared up baseball. We stopped playing baseball for about 15 minutes at a family reunion. And it's like, God almighty. I mean, he was that. He was crazy. He was kind of the one uncle that my mom had 
nine brothers and sisters. And he was the first uncle, the uncle we thought we were going to go first. He went last. But he was he was really out funny and crazy. So, but there are some stories. We, we remember the funny and good stories to help us get through those times. But, I mean, that man could clear a room or a field anytime he cracked one off. It was just like, oh, my God. Keep him away from the beer and the cabbage. Hey. Jesus. If you're going to be remembered for something, do you remember for something that's never going to be forgotten? I did visit, I took my mom to go visit my dad, and he was standing up in a sink, and he was always in his bed, but he was standing up in his sink, and he was washing his hands, and the room smelled so bad. And when we walked in, he said, I'm sorry. It was so bad, I threw up, and I had to go wait in the hallway, and I said, Mom, you visit. I'm not stepping another foot in that room. That is bad. And me and my mom, we were just talking about that the other day. She's like, remember when you walked out of the ICU and he pooped? (laughs) It was bad. See, I think it's stories like that that help us get through these things. He's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I was was just like, and I threw up in the (laughs) trash can, and I had to go outside in the hallway. Listen, man, I I have three grandchildren. I have three grandchildren, and I can tell you about all of that. (laughs) (laughs) You can smell it. Oh, my Oh. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> but, okay. So I think it's wait, stories like that that help you get through those things, though. Yep. This is my hometown. This is, uh, I know who this is. This is Larry V. Slice. Did we cock block <laughs> you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? What's up, guys? How you doing? How you guys doing, man? Good, we're doing good. Uh, what are you guys talking yeah. about, man? I'm, I'm multitasking. I got a lot of stuff going on. What are you guys talking about? What's the topic? Yeah. We, are, we're about we are reminiscing on a, on all the uh, hard times that 2019 brought us, and we're also oh, looking forward to... We don't, have, we don't have the time for that, that time slot. <laughs> no. We can, I, a I, lot, do, bro. I do have to that Larry Slice's uh, father is on hospice right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry to hear that, man. Wow. No, it's yeah, not me too. Yeah, but the thing about my dad is uh, the guy, the people that know my dad, he's not an easy guy to take out. Like a roach, like a cockroach. You step on a cockroach a thousand times, he will still crawl. <laughs> That's that guy. <laughs> he he yeah. is he is a really cool guy, actually. <laughs> Alright, um, we were talking about. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I was saying we we were talking about. It seems like the four of us uh, have been dealt heavy blows in 2019 and, and what we want to do is concentrate on this 2020 now that we're at 
Mm-hmm. What are the things that we're looking forward to? Um, well, uh, my daughter getting married to her fiance probably in this next fall. Um, How congratulations! Yeah, congratulations. she's a right. She's a journalist for the Minneapolis Times Dispatch, and he's a photographer there. And um, I'm looking forward, on a personal note, to my book in Rod We Trust coming out. I'm really proud of that. And my tribute to Rod Serling in the Twilight Zone. I'm really pleased with that one. And uh, um, just can we talk about your book? Sure. So, so, so your book. Uh, name the title again for those listening. In Rod We Trust. Okay, so what is the subject matter of the book, and and what is it? Uh, what is, well, what it's my your, tribute uh, leaning on the book. It's my tribute to Rod Serling and the Twilight Zone. So there's all kind of tales that are kind of in that vein of uh, what he would have. You know, some of them have irony. There's fantasy, sci-fi, some horror, Bitchin. some you know, some you know mystical stuff. Some you know, just a good cross section of. I mean, I'm a big Twilight Zone fan, so New Year's Eve, I'm watching the Twilight Zone marathon every year, so I'm boring, so, but... We know that Rod Serling was a visionary, and Rod Serling's writings, and his, his, uh, the way he did the Twilight Zone, he really paid attention to human nature. He did a lot of things that really focused on our our humanity and and our mm-hmm. human nature and how 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 do people react to really fucked up situations you know um, your book do you focus on that type of thing well different ones I mean there's thirteen different short stories like um there's somewhere like one of the more probably horrific ones is the beggar and the devil where a beggar makes a deal with the devil to have a new life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's not quite what he ended up, you know, he, he doesn't realize what it is until the end. He wants power and he ends up getting it. But, you know, later on, you know, you'll guess what that is. And then there's another Mm -hmm. one about a guy that inherits a bicycle from his friend, a 1953 black Schwinn black phantom in mint condition, which they go for like three to $5,000 now. They both had one as kids, but the guy inherits it from his friend. And he said, he tells, he leaves him a letter after he died saying, it'll take you back. And he thought, well, maybe reminiscing, but he gets on it and he rides back into time when he was young. So, you know, it's a stuff like that. It's just different. Usually I write horror and sci-fi, but it's kind of, there's different kinds of fantasy and science, different science fiction and stuff, you know, you can tell probably almost guess which episodes all influenced them all in a sense, you yeah, know, or you know. Sure. But um, I, I just thought, you know, I've written a few stories like that, kind of were influenced by the Twilight Zone. Why not try to do a book? Because I'm big. I'm he was the guy that got me interested in writing when I was a kid, anyways. Because I was old enough to remember the first Twilight Zone coming along, and I'd always do my own little stories, but they weren't nowhere near as good. But I'm kind of looking forward to that. Me and my wife, who's not a big horror fan or sci-fi fan, thought it was my best stuff yet. She's really, she really loved it. So it was kind of like her glowing endorsement of it that, oh, okay, you know, I guess I'm onto something. 
and Nick acted really, you know, was really complimentary of it and thrilled too. So, but you know, after my daughter's wedding and um, you know, other family events this year, I'm kind of, you know, that's that's the big personal one for me. I mean, you know, so me and my well, wife will be Nick, married 38 years in October. So I'm looking forward to all that. You know, the the nice the home family stuff was prime, but the book kind of was my other one. How about, how about uh, Francie? Can we get Nick on? Uh, Nick said, "Give him a couple of minutes." As soon as he said that, he of said, course. "Give him a couple of minutes." Yeah, he's editing a bit. May I add on a little touch to this? I've been listening. I was, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm not a book writer. I'm not a writer. Period. I do comedy. I do, you know, bullshit stuff like that. You know, forgive me for the well, language. Okay. On well, home. There well, is nothing. Listen, okay. But, um, first of all, first of all, there's nothing bullshit about comedy. No, we need to laugh. Comedy. Okay. Is, you have to have levity in the world, for sure. So, that's so deep. How, like writing, it's so deep. It's personal. It's not. It's an art to it. I think. In um, Twilight Zone, well, I agree with you. my dad. You know, my dad. I grew up in the old area. My dad, the old Twilight Zone. I relate that. He freaked me out so much. As a okay. fucking kid. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about it. <laughs> For sure. Rod Serling was a fucking genius. Out. So, we all um, know that. So, you know, you guys know, like, the Chucky, the Chucky doll back in the day, like Chucky and all that? Okay. Yeah, sure. So, my sister, my older sister, she had a Chucky, not, not Chucky doll, but she had a doll that, you know, looked like that guy. And, um... Mm-hmm. My dad would place it in the house in like random places that you would not, never expect it to be. I'd be in the bathroom, you know, yeah, yeah, take, taking a shit. I'm looking over, I'm like, Chucky doll, I'm shitting the fucking floor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Funny. And he has such a humor. Back in, uh, back in February, I was up doing a show in um, New Jersey. I was up in New York, up in Manhattan, and I was staying with a buddy of mine. I don't know if you guys heard of a town called Little Fairies, straight across the river. And um, so my buddy's all old school, like, like, like Twilight Zone, like, like the dolls. My mom has a doll collection. You know, every time I, uh, I'm in a room or whatever in the house, and I see dolls, they're staring at me. And it's freaking me out. And he has this um Twilight Zone show. I I forget what episode, but it featured a doll that talked and like kill people. That freaked me out. <laughs> Talkie Tina. Yeah, Talkie Tina. That that's right. It, yeah. Yep. So no comedy. Yeah, yeah I, we need I, that. We need to laugh. That's the best medicine. So that's that's good. I, I what do, you got in store I for this year? Your dad did love the Twilight Zone so much. Yeah. And he he did. It's and classic. I you, can't, got, you can't beat the writing for it. Yeah, and I got the, the little book disc set, and I said, hey, Larry, you want to have Twilight Zone? And I got him on the disc set, and he's like, oh. yes. Yeah, but the also thing with him was, dude, my dad's so old school. You know, going away from, like, like the Twilight Zone and all this, like, scary, like, you know, ooh, stuff. 
my dad is so such into like old school stuff, like you know, like John Wayne, you know, like music wise, Johnny Cash. He's into like you know old school westerns, like you know John uh, yeah, Wayne. You know, like, he track. has that yeah. track. He bought an yeah. eight track at, like at the flea market, and he bought an and eight track of Johnny Cash. My mom, see my mom, and he bought it in my, his eight track machine. My for all those listening, my my mom and my dad have been together for a long time. My dad met my mom back in like maybe seventy two, say seventy three, seventy four time frame. I don't do math. <laughs> I'm suck at I'm an English major. <laughs> so uh yeah. So um so they're at this um little you know, little barn little, you know, get up, you know, whatever. And um my dad knew the girl that my mom was hanging out with. He hung out with the brothers, you know, whatever they drink and hang out with, you know, whatever. And um my dad's looking in the car. My dad's looking in the car, he's like he's like, Tell her I'm gonna marry her. And my mom told him, You're full of shit. (laughs) Hey, um yeah, a month later they got married. They've been married forty six years to to this day. You see right there is the Good example of what the fuck, you know? <laughs> For some people, they paid off. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, like, with about like love and like like people, you got all these new new things, and you know, right now with like the whole. Iranian thing is going on right now, all like anti-protest, like the wars. But the thing that I feel in me, which makes my comedy so good, is I don't care about all that. I just want to make people love and laugh, <laughs> make fun of everything. Right, you got you got to have levity. I mean, you have to care about it to uh, some extent. At the same time, we have to pay attention to what's what's going on too, because yeah. it does affect us it all. Does. So we want to we want to have levity, and that it's unfortunate there. There's a serious in the U.S. here where we live. There's an attack on levity. We can't make fun of anything anymore. We can't just understand that there's a comedic side of of all things that go on there's an attack on mm. just being happy and and you know enjoying a good laugh at things that are very serious it's not so much As, why, why, could, why can't we have that not to interrupt but not to so much make fun of it but i no, you know that's not what i mean yeah 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 just a we're not, we're not making fun like of things. Yeah. yeah. We're not so making like, fun of things. Bring a better light. The thing with me, you know, I express issues, you know, all this. See, one thing that the U.S. media, all these media, CNN, Fox News, whatever you want to take it, they're not bringing a bigger light to the wildfires going on in Australia right now. Right. They're not. Yeah. You're right. They're not. There are things going on all. There, there are things going on all over the world. Yeah. And right now, unfortunately, American media controls what Americans see or what they're informed of, and there's a large proportion of people that 
don't do their own research or don't educate yeah, themselves. They, they don't on, think on what's for themselves. They, they they go by what people tell them. They go by the thing like you okay, you go on social media, you pull anything, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, and it's like you see a missing person's post. They say, you know, a kid or a person's missing, but it could be a post from like two years ago. People just post it and the person could be found or, you know, whatever it happens. And it's like Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that concept. We got another caller here. Uh, yeah, Tom, you're back on. Uh, something happened to my phone and I got off, so sorry. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. It, it, it knocked me <laughs> off. My phone just went dead and I had to call back. But so, what are you guys doing? I thought Some you were mad at us. Oh hell no! <laughs> oh, that man. Hey, hey, this is. Hey, welcome to 2020, <laughs> man. This is going to be a good year. Hey, here's here's something I did want to play for all of us. And, you know, I know that a lot of people, they, well, some people, <laughs> they don't like Trump. And, you know, some people, they do like Trump. But the fact is, <clears throat> who's going to win? <clears throat> Are you afraid of being imp- politically incorrect? No. Nope. I am not. <laughs> no, I am afraid to see it. Slice is not. I am not. See what you're going to do, Francie. I'm just going to win. I got this. Go ahead, Francie. I got this. And before I play this, I would like to thank Edward X. Young. He's probably going to listen to this. He gave us this beautiful Christmas card. He emailed me uh, a couple of days on Facebook. And, Nick, I got the Christmas card here. And he's like, I need your mailing address ASAP. And it says, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, and there's Donald Trump and the First Lady, and he says, uh, Dear Francesca and Nick, we wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Together we will make America great again. And on the top of the card is the Donald Trump uh, signature, Seal of Approvement, and on the bottom of it, which is... Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I got to back you up, Francis. Seal, seal <laughs> of Approvement. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's not a stamp. It is... Um, <clears throat> I was looking at it, I was like, Donald Trump and Julian, and then Edward X. Young, 2019. And I looked at it, and this is not a stamp. This is the actual signature of Donald Trump. I hmm. will send photos of it. And this was, and I messaged Edward as soon as I got it. I was like, oh, my gosh, really? And he's like, yeah. He's so, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you guys so, hear about? Yeah. I, I think it was um, 
somewhat like Reddit or something. They had like this like you know like you know how like companies and like business and jobs do this secret Santa. I I seen a story pop up in the last couple of weeks or maybe a month or so. Um, this girl hey she joined some group I think it's on Reddit and um, Secret Santa and she had like the um actually Bill Gates the actual Bill Gates sent her a package. Did you guys see that? No. no, I didn't see. Yeah, he sent her like a. It was like a box. Like he, I guess he researched her somehow. I guess he, you know, he has people for that because you know, God forbid, Bill Gates does things. But um, it's like a, an eighty-pound box. He sent her like a specialized gift and a handwritten note from him himself. He was her secret Santa, like stuff she liked and stuff. Oh Dude, wow! Bill, Bill Gates. Bill Gates is the ultimate philanthropist. Him and his wife, they yeah, took they their money and they took their fortune, and and they, you they know the Bill Gates Foundation, they they do some fucking awesome things, dude, for sure. If you're gonna look at any billionaire that that's doing some shit for giving back, Bill Gates is the guy. Yeah, Bill Gates. Like you, you Google like the most billionaire who's done the most, the top one, Bill Gates, hands down. Absolutely, dude. The Bill Gates Foundation, the stuff that they do, he took all of that money. I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, there was a movie that was put out back in, I think, the early 90s. It's called – fuck, man. It's one of my favorite. It was a made-for-cable movie, which is still one of my favorites, and it it has to do with – how Microsoft and how Apple were formed jobs. and the the uh the difference between Jobs and Gates and how they they both ripped off each other and they both ripped off IBM with their operating systems, yeah. their uh graphical user interfaces. Uh Pirates of Silicon Valley. And it's funny because that was a movie that was a made for cable network movie. Um Still one of my ultimate favorites because it really lays out how all that shit happened. And as far as the the, the actors that started it, um, fuck my my brain goes blank here. Um, the guy that played Bill Gates was Anthony Michael Hall, oh, and we I all know him. him. Yeah, we all know him from, you know, the uh, John Hughes movies and, and things like that. Anthony Michael Hall also went on from there to do uh, Stephen King's The Dead Zone, uh, which was a fucking phenomenal series. Anthony Michael Hall was incredible in that. But the parts of Silicon Valley really laid out how all of our technology – really got started back in the in the late seventies. You know, how Steve Jobs and, and uh Wozniak, Steve Wozniak started out in a garage uh just writing code and, and doing things. And then uh IBM had the original idea of a GUI graphical user interface and then Bill Gates came along in college. They were all in college together and got together with Steve Jobs. And then 
everybody was stealing from everybody else. That's the whole point of the whole thing. You know, Steve <laughs> yeah. Jobs. Was, I'm, glad, I'm glad you hit on that, dude. Keep going. Dude. I like that. It was all piracy. Yeah. You know, yeah. back in the day, and and the world we live in now is is every IBM and Apple computer is based on piracy, and that is the American dream is to create things. I'm not trying to interrupt, but dude, you're preaching. You're preaching right now. (laughs) Right? Right? Amen. (laughs) Dude, it's all all, uh, all the the stuff, dude. It's like all these, like, okay, take it like like music, like today, like music, quote, unquote. I wish you guys could see me doing my quotation marks in my hands, but it's like music and (laughs) anything. Movies, Everything, everything's a piracy. Everything is exactly. Everything. Like I'm a musician. I'm a musician here. I have uh, my small recording studio, and I write original music. But I'm inspired by music that has always been in my life. So when I go to create a new piece of music, listen, listen. If I go to create a new piece of music. I'm inspired by musicians that have always been a part of my life, and that drives me to write certain types of music in certain types of ways. Does that make me a pirate? Does that make me a plagiarist? That's the question. Well, in my personal opinion, it doesn't. I've seen um, there was um, I don't know, you know, all these like social media stuff like. It was like um, a video I've seen recently where, like, like music artists like Pink and Billy Eilish and, you know, people were, were looking at, you know, people who'd done covers of them. They were reacting sure. to them. Yeah. Right. And uh, Pink, Pink was seeing um, a girl was singing one of her songs, and she was like, oh, my God, she did it better than me. <laughs> there's There's got to be an appreciation for See, this is the thing. When it comes to art, especially music, if someone does a good job of of covering another piece of music, they're not blatantly ripping off that music. They're showing, they're giving props to to the original of that piece of music, right? They're paying homage. I think you've set a, a new bar today for being homage. contentious with the press corps, kind of calling us losers to our faces and all that. Is no, it? No, not all of you, just many of you. Right. That's enough. That's no, enough. That's enough. I was going to ask one of the, the other people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was that, Francie? <laughs> I'm sorry, the cat jumped <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I got this. I, I got computer. this. computer. My I got the switchboard, but I'm not doing that. I have better office space because the cat keeps jumping on my computer. Hmm. Did Nick come on yet? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. What the fuck, Nick? Where are you, dude? Yeah, it's been 40 minutes. Yeah, Nick, he just said hear, like 40 minutes ago, I like, I want to come on Nick. and talk. I want to hear from Nick. talk to you. They want, yeah, happy New Year, Nick. Come on. All right, listen, man, before Nick comes on, because I know it's going to be another 40 minutes before Nick comes on. (laughs) 
four, 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 four. But you could have just taken this. Who the fuck you calling? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. um, One thing I want to add is art. Art art is what you make of it. Not everybody's going to work. Hey, I'm sorry. That was my bad, guys. 914. Yeah, what are you doing, Francis? Hang up. Nick still does not know how to make a cell phone. 914. All right, listen. I, I think that what you were trying to say is that art is, is a form of expression that should be yeah. accepted because... Yeah. Every every one of us experiences life in a different way, and we we express mm-hmm. what we experience yeah, in our I, own I, personal I, lives, I, and yeah. there should be nothing wrong with that. Okay, nine one four. We're having a multiple Zero, conversations. Five, right five, five two three. Shouldn't you be doing this on the switchboard? Mm. Francis, do you want me to dial this on the switchboard? Okay, he's almost there. He's Ooh. Almost <laughs> where and whom? Yeah. <laughs> Got him. There we go. All right. We've got 916 you want me to pick it up, Francie? Yeah, because my computer is frozen. All right, I'm gonna pick it up right I'm now. I'm calling from a shit. I'm calling in from a shitty Android, so bear with me. We got, we got here a nine here I am. four. Who do we yeah. got on the line here? Here I am, everybody. How are you? Who's this? Who's this? Oh, it's Goofy. Welcome to the welcome to our discombobulated show tonight. That was fantastic. <laughs> hey, <it's fun. laughs> I do a lot of accents. I do a lot of impressions. Player the cable guy, give me bear with me. Hey, oh, oh my god, we're going from India right now. <laughs> Well, hey, hey, thank you for calling from American Online. How are you doing, you guys, man? Where are you calling in um, from? Oh, me? Lusaji? I am calling yes. from right now. My hometown is Light PD, Columbia, South Carolina, represent. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, we represent Richland County. You're right there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Richland so County. What, what? Yeah, Richland County live PD. You see it on the TV, live Friday nights and Saturday nights. You guys watching? I don't know what channel it comes on, but it does. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, man. <coughs> live PD. Yeah. Live PD. Yeah. yeah. I see my family on that. You might. So, what do you guys plan so, for? So, uh, so you twenty. So we're talking about 2020 and versus like uh, this kind of like a re- retrospective of 2019 and talking about going into 2020. 
Yep. Which is where we're at goals? right now. Yep. Uh, I have none. I'm just going to kick back all year and do nothing. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I got a lot of hey, plans. You want, man. Listen, Nick, I got a I lot of plans. I know you, and I know that you don't sit, sit still. You just don't fucking no, sit I, still. No, I, I, I can't. That's good. <laughs> if you were to sit still, you would fucking die. <laughs> yep. Yeah, probably, unless I'm sleeping or something. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got uh, well, working on two sleep. books that are coming out next week, and uh, this this year is just going to be like a book. It, it seems like, according to the schedule that I have planned, just about a book every two to three weeks on average. Oh wow, for the cool. rest of the year. Hey Nick, this is Nick, yeah. right? Okay, cool, Nick. Happy New Year, belatedly. Oh yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs> oh, not not only that, Nick, but this is coming from. Your longtime friend Brett Crusin on Baldhead Radio. I want to yes. give you condolences on the on the death of your father. Oh, thank you. Amen, man. Because I saw the I saw the post, uh, and uh, you know your old man was there for a long, long time with you, and then also your mother. She's still around, and um, I understand what you guys are going through with the Alzheimer's. I've been through that with several different relatives of mine. And I just want to give you props for being there for them and, and just doing what you got to do, you know? Uh, well, I, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh yeah, that's, that's the way it is uh, around here and just had daily life. Uh, you just have to deal with it and move forward. Keep moving forward yep. and just Keep deal with forward. what you got. Yeah, and that—that's one of the things that we were talking about um, with 2019. Which I think a lot of us on the line right now is we've been dealing with so much. You know, my mom died, and my grandfather died. You know, week of each other, and just two funerals, and then also went to a memorial service for uh, Poppy Vargas. I want everybody to remember Poppy Vargas. He was a great entertainer for many, many years in New York City, and he passed away in L.A. We had a huge memorial service for him uh, out in Echo Park. Um, that was cool, but uh, it just seems to be, it's have been a year of, like, tremendous loss for, for all of us, you know, and we want it to or be a positive the show least. here. Yeah, it's been a difficult year, but we, we also want it to be a positive show that we're doing here and, and talk about all these people that have come before us and have been influential in what we do, and now they're gone, and we want to memorialize that but in a positive way, not just talk about our own sorrows and blah, blah, blah. You know, I got a canker sore the other day (laughs) yeah yep and Nick I just want to give you props I've known you for shit man we've known each other since what 1987 88 yeah long time long time but uh, we always pay attention to you know what's going on in our lives and and the efforts that we're making just in a creative way uh yeah, but we 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 have setbacks. We have we have uh, you know things that happen in our lives that. Uh, but a lot of the things that happen 
inspire us to do more as well. Would you agree with that? Yeah, sometimes in spite of everything, you know. In you just, spite uh, of exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you have to just have yeah yeah it kind of it, you could let it motivate you to 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 keep pressing on. You know, you got you got all kinds of all kinds of crap around you that you have to deal with, but if you remain focused at that one thing that you that you want to do uh, uh right. to make it, then you know, you find time for it and it kind of fuels you. It does. And, and you know, in Definitely. situations like this when we suffer losses that we have, we we start to realize our own mortality and that again inspires us to to do more because we know that we have a limited time. You know, to do the things that we want to do. It really yep. motivates us to do a little bit more. Yep, this is true. As to, you know, one thing that I've always kind of joked about, at least to my, I don't know if I ever said it out loud, actually, but um, I always joke that uh, I, I want to at least live to see the next Star Wars movie <laughs> year <laughs> after year after year, because I want to know what That's happens good... next. I want to know what they're going to do. I, you know, <laughs> So yeah, well, and I, I live you, through another one. I still haven't seen the latest one yet, but like I was just going to say that that's an excellent segue. It's an excellent segue because I just went and saw the final installment today, and uh, I have some things to say about it. You know, if did anybody else on the line have seen it? No, I haven't seen um, it. Somebody once told me, and it was the greatest thing that motivated me personally, life happens when you're busy making plans. Yep. That, yeah, true. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I well, had, uh, yeah. back in 2015, I got seriously injured and had to learn how to walk again. And that sucked ass. <laughs> that's, that really sucked ass. But mm-hmm. um, looking back on it, it's like it made me, it built me stronger to who I am today. The it, shit we you, go through. You want to talk? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you want to talk about motivation? You want to talk about motivation? Holy shit! Yeah. When something like that happens, you become a different person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's yep. the thing like like you look back on like 2019. Look back on any year, anything you ever grown through in your life. It it makes you who you are. It really does. And it, and it also makes you look at things a lot differently. A lot different. You know, here now, you know, I'm walking out back. You know, I, obviously I got through that. I pushed through that. But when I'm, when I'm walking through the grocery store, you know, you're walking through anywhere like Walmart, whatever your local grocery store is, people are walking slow in front of you. You're getting pissed off. You know, you're in a hurry or whatever. But you're like, yeah, let me take a minute. They might be a little bit crippled or whatever. <laughs> they might be something. Like, yeah. You, definitely you makes you... Different. Yeah, it definitely makes you have a... It's not just looking at things from a different point of view because you have the challenges that you have on a daily basis and, you know, a practical basis. But it also makes you... Look at 
in a philosophical manner is, you know, look at things, the world a different way. When you're you're in a different position than than you once were, would you agree that it makes you take a step back and reevaluate things? Of course, in a physical Absolutely. nature, but yeah. but in but in a but in a more than more than that is what I I'm trying to. Yeah, absolutely. It makes you look at everything differently. Like it's like um, what you go through in life. It's like um, I, I'm not a really religious person per se. You know, I I, I want to think I'm based out of like Christianity, but it's like God. What what I was taught, you know, in my earlier life, that um, God only sets you. To believe in, um, I guess, look at like what, like what you're built through is what you're preparing for. If that makes sense. Yes, absolutely, that makes sense. Now, listen, I haven't been, I haven't been through any physical challenges like what you experienced, but I've been through a lot of. A lot of challenges in my life A lot of other people Perhaps have been through What I learn yeah. is at, I'm at a point In my life now to where I'm Learning to be More quiet and not so um, I, I've been accused of, of Being uh, You know pretty out there in my opinions And things like that uh, And I'm learning How to just be much more observant and less out there in my opinions, I guess you could say. That makes sense, yeah. Less less egotistical and less arrogant. That's the word I was looking for. I have been accused of being arrogant. And I want to, I'm always looking to improve myself and things that I notice uh, things that are brought to my attention, I pay attention to. Um, and it's a, it's a process of learning about oneself that my analogy of this type of thing is a pendulum. You're on one side. You're way over on one side. And when you start to learn about the deficiencies that you might have or the things that could be improved. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.